Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Fear the Big Deals podcast. My name is Neil, and we have an absolutely lovely guest today. We have Mark Adams, who is... Well, Mark's a number of things, really, aren't you, Mark? You've got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether you were polite or rude then, mate. Hello. No, I was being polite. I was being very polite. Um, <laughs> Mark has done numerous podcasts, which we'll get into later. Ring announcing, commentary, managing. Yeah, I've been I've been evil and I've been good as yeah. a manager. It's yeah. much more easy to be evil. It is. It's a lot. I've I've found over my life, it's a lot easier to make people not like you. Yeah, ain't wrong. <laughs> is there anything I've missed off? I've reft. Ref. Um, I've never done music or camera. Which is probably for the best because you don't want your show to be ruined by this fucking idiot. Oh, can I swear, by the way? Yes, you can Good, swear. Because I just did. Because you just did. I was actually going to try and not on this one because. Oh, sorry. But, fuck it. Um, <laughs> we can. Uh, you are also something I want to talk about as well is a humanist life cycle celebrant. Yeah, that's my job. Which, or at least it's part of my, one of my jobs. One, one of your many, many jobs just because that's something that really interests me. Um, I was having a little bit of read up about it. Before we go into wrestling, do you want to speak a little bit about that? Just let people know sort of what it is? Yeah, of course. So humanist is essentially it's atheism with a bit of extra thought. Uh, there's kind of like perhaps just some personal philosophy in there. I guess if you look up humanists, philosophy you would find quite a lot of people that you wouldn't necessarily know were humanists but you would have heard of and I guess it just means that I've formulated my own ethics and lifestyle through my atheism like most atheists actually yeah but um Humanist UK accredit me as a celebrant and Humanist UK is the charity that kind of helps humanists and non-religious people campaigns for things such as removal of the unelected clerics from the house of lords and for things like assisted dying and other things like equality issues like the humanist marriage isn't on the same level as religious marriage so a vicar if a vicar marries you it's legal if a humanist celebrant marries you then they are then you have to go to a registrar as well to make your ceremony legal. So Humanist UK accredit me as a celebrant. And a celebrant is someone who writes and then delivers non-religious ceremonies for people. Things like naming ceremonies, weddings and funerals. And I do all three of those. And you're not supposed to have a favourite ceremony type, but I do. It's <laughs> namings because they're so fucking lovely. Is that like the namings? Is that sort of similar to a, a baptism? Chris, yeah, Chris, a christening. christening, yeah, Forgot yeah, baptism is when you're 15, christening is when you yes. are a child, but um, there's no obviously welcoming into faith, it's more welcoming yeah. into the world, your community, your family, and friends, and that kind of thing. So it's just like a nice way to get everyone together for a party because you've had a kid, <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing, isn't it? You go to like a christening or something, and it's like, right, we'll go to the church, and then everyone will just go to a to like one of the uh, like the church clubs and just gets pissed. Yeah. But it is no exactly it is something that. that 
that really interests me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a religious person, but I sort of don't align with any, I don't know, atheism or anything like that. Mm. Not for any particular reason, just because I, I can't really be bothered. <laughs> but, well, the thing is, a humanist celebrant isn't necessarily just for non-religious or humanist people. Yeah. I've had some fascinating weddings where there were two types of Christian and granny one and granny two were like butting heads. Ah. So these two just like, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to hire a castle and we're going to get a humanist celebrant who keeps it nice and neutral. So it's not actually that much about not having yeah. faith in a lot of the cases. And my dad, he has faith, but unfortunately mm. he's been to a lot of funerals because he's in his late seventies. Yeah. And he said to me, look, son, I believe in God, but the, the humanist funerals that I've been to are just better than the yeah. religious ones because they talk about the person rather than wasting time talking about God. His words, not mine. I don't make any judgments on that sort of thing. <laughs> no, I genuinely don't. Yeah. For me, my humanism is significantly about equality. So if you want some religious stuff in one of my ceremonies, you can. But yeah. I would ask someone else to read it because it would be a bit hypocritical for me to stand up there and talk about God and how yeah. good he is when I don't believe in him. But no, I'm about equality. But what my dad said to me was, he said, will you do my funeral? No, dad. <laughs> no. Nope. But I'll pick a good celebrant for you. Yeah. And when my mum died, I did exactly that. So we had um, a few minutes. So we had a humanist celebrant that I trained with in funerals. Yeah. And she was brilliant. And so subsequently, my dad now wants her to do his ceremony. Uh, so there's like a kind of a continuity there of the same celebrant for my mom and my dad. Yeah. But he believes in God. He just knows where the quality is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you, you're right where someone's funeral should be about the person. Mm. Like, when, you know, you all... get some more progressive vicars that will do that. Yeah. But you do get a lot of vicars that... And again, no shade, just accuracy. Yeah. They have a script that is exactly the same where they pull out someone's name, put someone's new name in, and ask yeah. the family for three things about their personality and put that in. And they really and they get paid the same amount as I do. I spend hours and hours writing a ceremony for people. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, that's um I didn't realise that's how they did it. They just asked the person for three things about the person. That is the most extreme. That is the worst case scenario. Wow. That's your laziest of vicar. Yeah. And you get some great progressive vicars who will put in significantly more effort than that. But if, you do get that. Yeah. You absolutely get that. If I was having a um if I was having a vicar do my funeral and he wanted three things about me, I'd just ask me mates to lie. <laughs> just just <laughs> number one, to make me sound like a bit of a better person, and number two, just to make it funny. Cause that's what you I want to be. You struggle with a vicar to make things funny, whereas you want me to be a stand-up comic? I can do. You can do my funeral, Mark. Nice one. Cool. <laughs> Let's we'll hope I outlast you, though, because you're, you're significantly younger than me. Uh, how old are you, if we don't mind asking? 45. Only six years younger? Oh, fair enough. I had to do the maths then. It's too early for maths. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing a morning podcast this time, and it's really, really different. Um, the, the, sun, the sun's still out. Um, so that, yeah, that the humanist is, I it's just stuff like that interests me. Like you say, I've always wanted to do a wrestling wedding. 
I've always wanted to be the ring announcer for a show. Yeah. And then halfway through, get two folk married. So if you are listening to this and you are a wrestling fan and you do want to get married by one of the best celebrants in the Northwest, get in touch. I'll do your discount because it's something I really want to do. Uh, you could do uh, Alexis Falcon and Charles Crowley because that's probably going to happen sometime soon in the That ring. could be fun. Either gimmick or... <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. That would be... That's actually really nice. That could advertise the fuck out of me. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> right, I'm going to have a word with Alex. Do it. Let's do it. I want some sort of credit. I don't want any money. I just want a little bit of... <laughs> There's no money in wrestling. You should know this. There's there's no money in podcasting either. <laughs> no, there isn't. Two things I really like. What a I know. fucking surprise. <laughs> on to on to wrestling. Oh yeah. On to wrestling. We'll talk about wrestling because it's allegedly a wrestling podcast. <laughs> what we tend to ask everyone is, and it's it's sort of like a similar thing to what people get asked, but what sort of what drew you to wrestling? What sort of caught your attention when you were younger as a kid it was just the fact that it was something we spotted my brother and myself my brother's only a couple of years younger than me so we were quite close as kids yeah and we would always go to orchestra we both played the cello nerds in the morning (laughs) then we'd go to wolverhampton town center for a little bit of shopping and um usually i would ask for a he-man figure and every six weeks i'd get one yeah, And then we'd come home from um, that and just landing at about two o'clock, we would have WCW on Central on our yeah. TV channel. And we watched it and just instantly hooked. I think yeah. for anyone around my age, really, particularly those of us who didn't have Sky and didn't have huge amounts of money, we I was captivated by WCW. And the one hour that we got per week in the, I want to say, very early 90s. Early 90s, yeah. Yeah. And I remember, um, because it was such an alien concept to me, pay-per-view, I thought it was pay-per-view, as in paper, as in a pad of paper. Yes, so did I. I thought I was the only person who ever thought it had anything to do with No, I didn't. Because it was not <laughs> something we had over here, was it? No, no. And um, so I was like, is it a magazine? Where do I get this? <laughs> I, t- I didn't understand the concept at all because British, yeah. early 90s. I'm and so glad I'm not the only person who thought well, We that, couldn't get know? it even if we had the money to pay for it because no. WCW in the UK was literally on Central, as, on well, ITV, ITV, as far as, yeah. I, as I know. I don't think there was any access to ITV other other than ITV, like on, on Sky or there was no subscription. You couldn't have paid no. per view, could you? No, no. You I couldn't. think do you know I don't even know how I think it might have just been on like the paper the pay per views may have just been on like Sky Sports, but I think that was just for not WWF. WCW. No, yeah, not WCW, WWF. no. I don't know what you'd have to just I don't know, tape trade, get someone from America to send you mm. Send you it over. Watch it. I did that as well. Yeah, watch it five months later. <laughs> mm, mm, but yeah, WCW well. on um, and uh, you had the sticker books and everything. I did back in I the did. early nineties. 
That was um, I. So I had like a football. Some sticker of them trading cards as well. Do you remember them? Yes, I had a football sticker book and a WCW sticker book, and I'd alternate every week between what I get, whether I get football nice. stickers or wrestling stickers. Nice. But, yeah. So was it? Was there anything in particular about it, or was it just a case of, wow, this is larger than life? Just, I, I think it was just kind of engaging with the good guys. I've never yeah. been, I've never been a fan that would engage with the bad guys. Really, I mean, I can appreciate it now as I'm older yeah. and I'm involved in the business. But as a kid, it was kind of like Ron Simmons and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, yeah. and just those two in particular. But lots of the baby faces. Um, I, do you remember Ice Train? He died recently, and that yeah. that, that knocks me one. I was yeah. like, I'd forgotten about him, and then when I saw that he died, I was like, bloody hell! I loved Ice Train. He used to come yeah. to the ring and go boop boop, <laughs> and he was great. And just like these larger than life good guys that was role models, and yeah, yeah I've just engaged with these remarkable people, I guess. Because WCW had a little bit of everything, didn't it? Mm. Back in back in the day, um, early sort of early to mid nineties, because they obviously bought the the Luchadors over and had the Cruiserweights. Then obviously this was way before guys. that, if you yeah, remember. it the, was um, it was mostly the kind of like it was just from the territories, wasn't it? And the yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, it was anyway. And like I say, Ricky Steamboat and Ron Simmons were my two guys. And um, my brother really liked Shane Douglas. And then when Ricky yeah. Steamboat and Shane Douglas became a tag team, we actually liked each other for a day. <laughs> and then, rather best, than loggerheads, it was... Um, yeah, best was, of friends. See people bond over wrestling. Nice and simple times, really. Just a kid who wanted to be good, kind of resonating towards the good guys in a, well, soap opera with acrobatics. Soap, violent soap opera with acrobatics, yeah. Um, do you remember when Farouk, eh, Farouk, do you remember when Ron Simmons went to WWE as Farouk first? That's ridiculous outfit. Sort of space helmet and it was great things. Oh, it was, brilliant. It was wretched, but it was great. It was and... brilliant, but it was so strange. <laughs> I didn't see it at the time. I was a massive fan of Ron Simmons when he was in WCW, but I just had no access to WWF at all. Yeah. So I didn't see that. By the time I saw Ron Simmons in WWF, it would have been 1997 when I moved to university. Oh, yeah. And uh, we... <laughs> so the reason why I got massively into wrestling at that stage in my life, having had a bit of a lull, yeah, was because there was this cable TV thing that you could get in your student digs. Ah. And... They gave everyone a two-week trial to kind of entice you to subscribe to it. And That's like the 90s version of the free month of Netflix that they used to do, isn't it? Yeah, but they forgot to switch it off. <laughs> Brilliant. And so we had it for the entire year. And at any point, we were like, when are they going to switch it off? When are they going to notice? <laughs> they never did. And um, so we got free Sky Sports for a year. Wow, and I watched every single fucking episode yeah. of Raw. I arrived just after the screw job, and the storyline. Uh, I remember yeah. the first one 
was they were getting rid of the the rest of the Hart Foundation. Yeah. So the first episode I saw was the last episode of Raw that you ever saw Jim Neidhart on the reg. He just got battered and thrown out. Yeah. It's a shame. I love Jim Neidhart. Yeah. Because he was just had that big goatee and he was just a little bit insane. Yeah, again, larger than life. Yeah. And he just beat the shit out of people. Did, did you get um with the free cable? Did you get oh, was it when Bravo was a channel? And WCW was what? on No, we didn't get WCW, it was just WWF. So uh, I kind of switched. Yeah. And I, know... I remember we got uh live TV with Topless Darts. Live TV. That was it. Andy Andy, live TV. Yeah. Topless darts and foxy boxing. It was so weird. <laughs> oh, the 90s. The 90s was literally oh, the, the 90s. <laughs> the weirdest time ever. Because I think wild. I think Bravo turned to at like nine o'clock. No, it was the Cartoon Network. After the Cartoon Network finished at nine o'clock, it turned to TNT and they'd have like wrestling on. Because WCW was on TNT, so that's how I'd watch that. And the late WCW, I've only really watched once um, the WWE Network came on. Yeah, it's a particularly, um, it's a particular joy actually. I I live with Priscilla, Queen of the Ring. Yeah, not not in a sexy way. <laughs> Definitely not in a sexy. Not way. in a sexy no, way. Not in a sexy way. Just a housemate way. Just a housemate. If we're ever at a loose end or one of us is cooked or we're bored, late, late WCW is our comfort food. We just yeah. sit and watch absolute cack WCW together. We just watched um, the one with the three cages on top of each oh other. Oh, my God. David Arquette, <laughs> which I hadn't seen, and it's one of her favourites. And I, I replied, I um, returned the favour by putting on the Hardcore Evening Gown match, which is the greatest match of all time, by the way. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you what your favourite match of all time was. The, the Hardcore Evening Gown match, <laughs> Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, the greatest match of all time. No shit day cannot be gently made a little bit better. Just a by tiny what... bit better. Oh, the just, it's nine minutes of joy. The, the, the little build-up where they're battering. Oh, it's just great. It's just great. And then neither of them win the match and Crash Harley fucks off with it. Yeah. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. I, I, honestly, I, I, can, I could say like some more serious choices, but genuinely, I think that's the match I've watched the most. Because Wrestling's not so serious. Happy. I think I've heard you talk about this before somewhere. I have. Yeah. I have. I it don't change on... my opinions. There's never going to be a match that will better no. the hardcore evening game. <laughs> Absolutely not. Do you know where it is? Where the verge you want it was uh, Steve Dean's wrestling is ridiculous. That would be it. Yeah, that is that is where the verge you want it. Shout out to Steve because Steve. Steve is lovely. He is lovely. And now I've completely lost my train of thoughts because all I can think of is Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe. Sorry, um, I do that. It's okay. We were talking about wrestling. Uh, <laughs> I do it all the time. We just go off on tangents on here. That's why it's really funny. Um, I know you wanted to talk about an event you've got coming up next week. Yes. Which I believe, is it a Friday and Saturday? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's It's a massive celebration for TNT's um, 10th anniversary. And it's all starting off on the Friday night with something very brand new and brilliant that... I'm excited, but a little bit nervous about it because it is 
one of the best things about doing what I do in wrestling is a new challenge, something yeah. new. And, you know, I, I love working with a new commentary partner, for example, because it's a different dynamic. It's something to engage with. And when I've had the rare opportunity to be a manager, I've jumped at it because, you know, it's a different thing. It's a challenge. It's something cool to do within wrestling. Yeah. I've been doing it a long time. When there's something new, I'm absolutely going to grab it by the horns. And um, we're doing Never Mind the Headlocks. I've seen that. I was wondering where you were going with this because I completely forgot when that was. I've I've seen the... It's um, this Friday. I've seen the Instagram post. Yeah, yeah. You it's and DJ Friday. King. Yes, it's Friday the 2nd of February. And it's the first time we're doing it. And we're doing it with... It's basically never mind the buscocks, but yeah. wrestling. Let's be blunt about yeah. it. Is that <laughs> going to be filmed or is it just a live thing? It's being streamed on Twitch. I don't know how to work Twitch. I'm sorry. No, I Have don't. a look at TNT's linky <laughs> malarkeys on their Twitter. I'm not calling it X. And no, no, there no, will no, be no. a way to watch it live on Twitch. But come to the show and... Um, it's it's gonna be a clusterfuck. Let's be honest. Yeah. DJ and I bicker at the best of times, you, and you with two teammates each, and Priscilla, Queen of the Ring, as the host, who I also oh, bicker with. Um, it's yeah. I think it's gonna be lots and lots of fun, and I'm probably gonna show everyone the gigantic holes in my wrestling knowledge and utterly humiliate <laughs> myself, and it'll be funny. But Is um. It- have the guests been, uh, the teammates been announced, or is that something we've got they to find out on the list? I see no reason to tell you. Uh, they haven't, but I see no reason to not tell you because oh. they probably will have done by the time this goes up. Yeah. Um, Team Adams is comedian Che Burnley and Session Moth Martina. Oh my God. I'm going to end up so fucking drunk. <laughs> it's illegal to not get drunk when you're with Martina. Yeah. Oh. I think I'd, I'd even get drunk so with drunk. Martina, and I haven't drunk I'm, for eight years. <laughs> well, I'm going to end up so drunk that I probably am going to fancy Martina. <laughs> everybody <laughs> fancies Martina, in case everybody uh, just, didn't just know. A, just a little bit. Everybody. Just a little bit. So that's that's going to be fun, because yeah, Che Burnley's hilarious. He's great, and he I think he's a great so choice funny. for uh, Nevermind the Headlocks. The, the hope is, it, it's DJ's baby. Yeah. But um, the hope is to kind of... Do it more often, maybe do it in different cities as well. Yeah. And always rotate the guests and the host, but it'll always be DJ and me, in yeah. theory, as the team captains. A lot, again, a lot like Never Mind the Buzzcocks. It's a lot like uh, Question of Sport as well. Yeah, that, yeah. But, but, but never, mind the, never Mind the Buzzcocks was cooler than yeah. Question of Sport, wasn't it? I'm, I just I just imagine you and Kingy, one's Ali McCoyst and one's John Parry. I've heard of John Parrott. He's the snooker guy. Snooker man. Snooker man, yeah. Ali McCoist was a a Scottish footballer. Oh, I've heard of football. (laughs) Football is a thing. I hate football. Steve Ball, I'm done. (laughs) That's the most random. Peter Beardsley. There's another one. Ian Rush. Who was the fit one? Michael Owen. Really? Michael Owen? Yeah, I'd go with Michael Owen. Not David Beckham? He's a bit prissy for my taste. David Beckham now, though, rather than, like, 
fair. David I do like Beckham. a man with tattoos. David, hi. <laughs> <laughs> David Beckham is like a fine wine. Like, yeah, I think so. How He's that more man... attractive in his forties than he ever was in his twenties. How that man like me and me? I'm nearly forty. <laughs> and everyone, um, I see we've gone off again. We were just started in the 90s footballers, and I was. Oh, you're from Wolverhampton, is that right? Yeah, I grew up in yes. Wolverhampton, moved to Manchester in '97. If someone asks me, I'll say I'm from Manchester. But... Yeah, I was just trying I to get the connection with it uh, with Steve Bull. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes absolute sense now, <laughs> it makes a lot yeah. of sense. Um, I keep trying to get Alexis Falcon on to talk about Dean Windass. I don't know who that is. He played for Hull. Oh, okay. And, and she loves him. Oh. Uh, well, I think I covered that with I've heard of football. Yeah. Football's a thing. Back to football wrestling. Football tends to get in my way. If you, have you ever tried driving through Stratford when there's a Manchester United game on? Nope. <laughs> do not do that. Have you ever tried walking through Liverpool when either of the teams are playing? Yes, actually. There was a TNT show and it was fucking horrible. <laughs> It was busier. It's, it was busier than Eurovision. I was insulted. Eurovision, ah, oh, Eurovision was brilliant. Yeah, because it was big gay brunch on the Friday. That's right. And then Eurovision on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. And what a professional segue! Because I wanted to talk about big gay brunch. All right, let's do it. So we've gone from Steve Ball to big gay brunch. In, in seamless. a matter of seamless, seamless. seamlessly, you were sort of should we say special guest ring announcer for? Yeah, they brunch? moved me on to ring announcing for the brunch because I asked them to. Yeah, um, just... we'd done this kind of like gentle storyline of me being the ring announcer for the queer matches that we'd had prior to the. Big gay brunch. Oh. So if you remember, I'd done like three or four shows where I just guested as Effie, basically Effie's personal ring announcer. Yeah. Not quite Roberto Rodriguez, but um, <laughs> Ricardo Rodriguez, excuse me. But that kind of vibes that yeah. for Effie's match, there would be a queer ring announcer. And that was kind of like sowing the seeds for the big gay brunch. Yeah. I have and never it was just really nice to be front and centre yeah. uh, for, for the big gay brunch. And it was... It was a nice thing that TNT did for me there, and I, it was much appreciated. That was lovely, and it was a it was a great evening as well. Um, mm, I had the best time. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen the video of me walking to the ring. You can't fake that emotion. No, no, absolutely not. I was up on the balcony. Oh, were you? Area, I think. Um, and I just had the best view of everything. Like, I've I've said it before a few times on this. Um. It felt like it was, it was a, as well as a wrestling show, it was a safe space. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly that. Everyone was having fun. I mean, the, the wrestling was great, you know, that's, that's by the by. But the fact people could go, be themselves, enjoy themselves. I mean, you should be able to do that at every wrestling show ever. Mm. And, you know, everywhere in life. But unfortunately, there's some places they can't, but it was just everything was just lovely. Have you got a cat? I have got a cat. This is Pasha. Oh, sorry, I got distracted by a cat. No one can see because 
it's audio only, but she's my old lady. I've had her thirteen years. Oh, really? She's fifteen, and she's a bit rickety and frail these days. But she's still the same soppy, floppy, dopey cat that I've always had. Oh, <laughs> she, she's so little that she sits on a thigh rather than a lap. She's currently oh. on my thigh. Oh, hello, Pash. See, I've got... been in a lot of podcasts actually. I see, I see animals when we talk to people, and I just get completely sidetracked, which I've just done again. <laughs> um, oh, that's fine. Um, Pasha is basically my fucking wizard's familiar at this point. <laughs> we come as kind of a package, and um, one of my ex boyfriends didn't really care for her. He no last long. No, that's that's the reddest of red flags. Fuck that guy. Yeah, but um, fuck. my my current boyfriend adores her, so he can stay. He can stay for a long time. Yeah, yeah that's that's a green flag. He's he's good looking and really good in bed as well. Nice, and he I likes know, right? and he likes nice to cat. animals. Good looking, good in bed. What more do I need? Can he cook? Yes. Jesus Christ! Not into wrestling. Would you would you consider that a good thing? No, I don't know. Because I genuinely don't know. Um, my my sort of thing would be, obviously, when you you go and you do your wrestling, you do your wrestling stuff, mm. and like at a bit of you time. He's completely confused by the whole thing. He's never engaged with it at all, and I have to explain <laughs> it from the very basic levels to, if I want to show him something that I've done. I Apparently will be my, my commentary is hilarious, but I think he's just being kind. Yeah, I'll be completely honest with you, Mark. I've been watching wrestling for 30 years and I'm still confused by it all. Just <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just don't know what the fuck's going on. Now that's interesting. And maybe that does speak about how maybe we shouldn't make wrestling storylines convoluted. Mm. I firmly believe that the best wrestling storylines are held in one show. Yeah. So you see the baddie and the goodie argue at the start and they get a resolution at the end. Something like that. I I do like a bit of long-term storytelling, but it can can sort of drift away and lose interest Mm. very quickly. Yeah. It happened with the bloodline thing. Yeah, in WWE, yeah. that was that was literally the only thing that was keeping me watching WWE at the time. Mm, um, mm. The Bloodline storyline was fantastic. Then he had Sami Zayn in it, and it got even better. Yeah, and then it just dragged on for so long. And then everyone thought Cody was going to win the title off Roman at Mania last year, and he didn't. And I it's just like I was blown away that they didn't pull the trigger on that, and I was like. It's either genius or fucking disgrace. And I'm still not sure. I think it's a fucking disgrace. <laughs> I don't think it's genius because if it was genius, they would have done it at the next pay-per-view or mm. summer's like, but it's been, literally been a whole year almost. Mm. And Roman Reigns is still the champion. And all his matches end the same. The all ending outside interference. And I get he's a mega heel and the head of the table and all this shit, but it just got a bit boring. So then I just dipped out. But mm. I think... Are you looking forward to the Rumble? Mm, 
I, I, I was. And I love the Rumble anyway because it's my favourite pay-per-view. It's my favourite WWE pay-per-view. I'm not that into the... But the Rumble tends to get me back into it. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that opportunity of watching the Rumble. And I'll, I get super excited by the um, the old geezers coming back. Oh, and I, 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 I know it. There's no reason to get excited that Goldust is back for the Rumble. No. But I always do. It's because they don't really have the surprises anymore. It's sort of like, you know, ooh, here's someone who could win it. It's more... Haha, <laughs> remember this guy? Yeah, um, but I like that. Oh, I, lo- I like I love Haha, it. remember this guy. I do. Everyone loves nostalgia. Mm, mm. Like, no matter who you are. And if, even if you're like young and you're nostalgic from like, you know, the early 2010s, mm. and they bring, they bring someone back randomly, it's like, oh shit, I remember that guy. Mm. Um, but I. Do you think they'll have any surprise old guys? Or old they ladies. do, it'll only be women's. once. Well, the women's one possibly more likely because they've all they've got a history of doing that. Yeah. Um, I think they'll only have one if they have any in the men's rumble. To be honest with you, and how about Repo Man? Oh, is he still I'd alive? Look, I think so. Oh, He's I hope very so. Old. This is where we need... Um, if I just said someone who's dead, because I'm an idiot and I'm old. Do you know what? I'm just going to keep talking for a quick moment. Um, but I'm literally no, going to look at it. But I've always looked forward to the rumble. It just feels like the kind of reset button. Yeah. And um, a starting point, a good starting point. Because you have like two or three championship matches and, the, and now it's two rumbles. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it a lot. I've got no fucking clue what's going on with WWF's product at the moment. I don't. I do a little bit. I keep up what I see online. Um, I've just checked. Mm. Re- Repo Man is very much still alive. Go on, get the Repo he's, Man in he's, there. He's, he's not dead. Get him back in. I'm sorry, Mr. Man. I thought you were dead, but you're not. Wasn't um, he one of Demolition as well? Yeah, yeah. I think he was Smash. Right, good. <laughs> I would bring no, he's dead, can't have him. I was gonna say um Earthquake or Typhoon. Oh, he's well dead. Yeah, he's yeah. Are they, bo- dead. Are they both dead? In ages. Yeah. Are they both Ch- dead? Did you Earthquake and Typhoon? No, uh John Tenter, the shark man as well. So the John Tenter was Earthquake. He's dead, is yeah, he's, he's dead. dead. Tugboat slash typhoon, um, typhoon slash the the the, the stormtrooper with the sparkly helmet, the shockmaster, the shockmaster. I think he's still alive. Uh, that was now, funny. Wasn't there a wasn't there a rumble where they brought back the gobbledygooker as a wrestler? Oh, uh, was that because they did a gimmick? No, it was battle a gimmick royal. battle royal. I'm wrong. They never brought him into the where. Rumble. The Iron but Sheik I... won because he literally couldn't get thrown over the top rope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he break 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 into half probably. Brilliant. But I would like. Right. I'd like Bob Backlund back. That would be fun. I absolutely love Bob Backlund. Um, but 
then when he went into sort of like insane Mr. Bob Bagland, Mr. Bob Backland was just brilliant. Like he was. Oh yeah. Was he like running for president at one point? Not in, not in not in real life. <laughs> no, no, I know. But then again, you never know in America. But I, I love the dumb shittery, and they don't do the dumb shittery quite as much as they used to. No, I'll never. I think the greatest payoff in wrestling was eighteen years later when um, May Young's baby turned up, and it was a bloke oh. in a handsuit. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I love the dumb shit. That's long-term storytelling for you. <laughs> Do you think May Young giving birth to a hand is the stupidest thing that's ever happened in wrestling? Do you know what got me? It was white. Yeah. The hand wasn't even mixed race. That was when I suspend- my suspension of disbelief ended. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> this That's not scientifically right, that hand baby. <laughs> <laughs> a tan baby should be mixed race but it's it white. Should. and it should, should also have the rest of a body and a head but it hasn't I mean no that no that was fine <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that it wasn't uh, that probably that probably says a lot about Vince doesn't it really to be fair I do you know what I don't even want to talk about Vince because no I assume you've seen everything that's come out in the last like 24 hours no Oh man, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about it because it's horrendous. But I've I've been at my boyfriend's watching terrible films. Yeah, what have I missed a lot. <laughs> More abuse shit. Yes. Fuck me. But somehow it's got. It's just got worse somehow. Well, so, I'm going to look that up when we finish this. Yeah. So as always, as I like to get in every episode, fuck you, Vince McMahon. Yeah, fuck you, Vince McMahon. And I'm not even saying it in a jokey way this time, because I like getting it in as a little bit of a jokey way, but literally, fuck off. Mm. Back to positive news. Uh, positive yeah. news. We Again, we went off on a big tangent. You were talking about TNT's birthday 10th. Oh, yes, we were, weren't we? Extravaganza. We talked about Nevermind the Headlocks. Yeah, get get tickets for that. It's get cheap. It's a that. Friday night. We'll all get drunk. Is it and, in um, the um place where the wrestling happens? Hangar thirty four. No, it's not in Hangar. I don't think he's announced the venue yet. I think he's um, it probably will have done by the time we are aired on this. Yeah, he showed me the venue on a video call the other day, and it's great. Yeah, it's um, I'm crap with names, but it's that area of Liverpool that has those cute little restaurants and it's close to Hangar and it's got that Cairns Brewery bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that by area. The, by the Baltic Market. The Baltic That's Court, it. The Baltic yeah. Market. It's yeah. one of the it's a venue in there ah. and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. I won't tell you who's on Team King. But, um, no, we keep that Team one. Team Adams, you, you don't need to know about Team King because Team Adams is going to win. And That's get a good pissed. point. Can you tell me when we finished so I know and I can be like, haha, I know, no one else does. Yeah, Costco. Cool, cool. Um, I think technically the birthday bash starts the day before because they're doing a. Yeah, they've got that music event the... that I'm way too old to go to. I- I'm not cool enough for that. But you are. 
you are the rock and roll metal <laughs> the rock and roll express that's me. Yeah, I, nearly, <laughs> I nearly said the Rock and Roll Express then, but I had to stop myself. Yeah, I know that's on the Thursday the 1st. Yeah, that's right. I'm, actually, I'm not actually able to make it. I've got something on that evening, but oh. I'm, um, I'm there for all five. Well, yeah, I'm there for all five of the other events. All six, because I'm going to, uh, to Shay's birthday as well. Ah, that's a so, long yeah, weekend. There's two ignition shows during the daytime. There's uh, a rumble. Who doesn't love a rumble? It's fucking rumble season. Love and then there's all eyes on me. And then in the evenings, we've got DOA, the deathmatch tournament, the annual deathmatch tournament, and the full 10th anniversary fucking hell, like old school versus new school championship match, Merseyside Massacre on the Sunday evening. And then after that, we've got let's get drunk again for, for Shay Monet's birthday. Woo! Is that the official after party, or is that yeah, just? That's right. Official after party in Kitty's. I think so. Yes. Look at me knowing stuff, remembering yeah. stuff. Is that on the Sunday though, the after party, or is that on the? Yeah, yeah. I that's, think it that's, is. That's a dangerous night for an after party. I mean, well, I know, I know it's after the event, but going to be some sore heads in work on Monday morning. In it. Well, that's... I don't work Monday mornings. I. I do, but I also don't drink, so that's fine. I'll just mm. put up with being tired. But um so that's the big tenth anniversary slash birthday of TNT, which is happening next weekend. Mm. And if you're listening to this after the fourth, fifth, and sixth of February, third, fourth, and fifth of February, sorry, you've missed it. Well, they'll be on Progress On Demand, won't they? They will be on Progress On Demand. If you listen to this beforehand and you can't get to Liverpool, they are being broadcast live on Progress On Demand as well. Live and in Technicolor. Yes, definitely in Technicolor. And and never mind the headlocks and the music one, are being broadcast on Twitch Live. Yeah. And the four wrestling shows are being broadcast on Progress On Demand. Big weekend. That is, that's a massive weekend. That's, do you know what? I'm kind of glad I'm not involved in the wrestling business when I see things like this happening. I'm just like, that's too I'm going to be like knackered, mate. Work. Yeah. Have you got any special suits or special socks lined up for this birthday bash? Well, I've always got the matching socks, haven't I? Because I always. I'm so glad that you noticed that. Because sometimes where I usually sit, I haven't been for a while as eye level with your feet right good uh, not in a weird way for anyone who thinks <laughs> weird and I think you're up there with Tony Wright as one of the best dressed men in professional wrestling well that's incredibly kind because Tony Wright has style that I would never dream to aspire Tony for. is stylish but yes I, I've cultivated a deliberate look yeah. Over the last couple of years, I've got a couple of new um, velvet jackets to debut because uh, my dad, my dad asked me what I wanted for Christmas. Can you buy me some velvet jackets? <laughs> so I've got a couple of um, velvet jackets to debut, and um, I'll be keeping the animal print going. And yes. um, yeah, should be fun. Animal print is the best form of sock. Well, do you know oh, what? I'm, I'm so delighted that you clocked that I've matched my shirts to my socks. Always. Because uh, that's very deliberate. 
every time I'm just like, you turn around doing with them, like, Mark, socks are matching the shirt again. Did you clock that I had rainbow socks at the same time as a rainbow shirt for the big gay brunch? I couldn't see your socks from where I was, <laughs> to be honest. But I can very well imagine they were matching. The zebra prints, my favourite. Is it? Have you had zebra prints, haven't you? I've had zebra. Zebra, had zebra I... tiger, cheetah, snake skin, um, cow. <laughs> I've been trying to find giraffe, but I've struggled to oh. find giraffe. If anyone can find a giraffe shirt and matching socks, let me know. Tweet me at Mark Adams HC. Let Mark know. Uh, or let us know. So we look popular and then we'll let Mark know. Okay. So <laughs> have you got anything else coming up in the next month or so? So February is very much top loaded, but yeah. I am doing um, off the page as well. That's going to be great fun. I don't Warrington. ring announce very much anymore. And um, I'm mainly on commentary. Yeah. And they asked me specifically to ring announce their shows, which I'm really looking forward to. That's a new kind of like opportunity for me. That's going to be great fun. And in early March, I'm running another one of my evening wids at uh, Head in Stretford. Ooh. And I've got Lana Rostin for that. Nice. Fun. That'll be fun. Didn't. Third of March, I want to say. But again, I'm going to have to check my diary. You didn't tell me I'd need my diary. I I don't even have a diary, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a third of March, so it'll be in the evening after For the Love of Wrestling is finished. So if people are going to For the Love of Wrestling, Head is, what, five miles away from the uh, Trafford Centre. Get yourself to, um... is it the Trafford Centre for the Love of Wrestling? Is it that one? Is it Bowler's? Oh, it's even closer than if it's bowlers. Yeah, it's I think about it's bowlers, yeah. Three miles away. So get yourself to head afterwards for an evening with Lana Austin. It'll be me and Lana having a chat, probably take the piss out of each other, get drunk. I imagine she'll be very mean. Oh, aye. Yeah, yeah, she will. Don't call it's her the queen of mean for nothing. It's only a fiver as well. Tickets on sale yet? Yes, they are. They're on Skiddle. Skiddle. We'll put a link on somewhere. <laughs> but I, do you know, I always said I'll never promote. I'll never promote. No. And then I got access to a free venue and I was ah. like, oh, free venue. And so I tested it out with my housemate. I did an evening with Priscilla and it went down really well. Lovely. So I was like, okay. I decided, you know, I'll just pick some mates that are relatively famous and well, <laughs> we'll have some fun. So I did one with Stephanie Sterling, and that did really, really well. No wrestling yeah. fans turned up. Loads of their YouTube fans turned up, though. So, you know, winner. Yeah, they're massive in the yeah. gaming community and that's right. on Twitch and all streaming yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Stuff I'm too old to understand. And then, out of nowhere, um, <laughs> for want of a better way of phrasing it, Kendo Nagasaki fell in my lap. And then suddenly I had to take it fucking seriously, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you've got to do that one really seriously. <laughs> yeah. How how was it, that? It was great. He's incredibly charming. He did the first half with his mask on. Yeah. And then we got photos of everyone with his mask on. And then he surprised everyone by coming out for the second half with his mask off. Really? Um, and um, yeah, he's just... I didn't need to ask many questions. The lad can talk. Yeah. He's uh, for someone who didn't talk during his entire wrestling career, 
I think he's trying to catch up. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's got a lot of catching up to do, hasn't he? I... Do you know what? As a 10-year-old, the idea that I would meet Kendo Nagasaki, <laughs> let alone eventually form a friendship with Kendo Nagasaki, is fucking insane. That's wild. Yeah, been been, been round his house for tea. Really? <laughs> round Kendo Nagasaki's for fish and chips. What the fuck? You had fish and chips with Kendo Nagasaki. I did have fish and chips with Kendo Nagasaki. I did. I bet you that's a sentence you never ever thought you'd utter in your entire no, life. No, but it's a massive flex to anyone and to boomers, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like Kendo <laughs> Nagasaki is my mate. And yes. you see their eyes just gonna become saucers. All all the people who watch World of Sports and like yeah, yeah. back in the day, like, oh I remember him. Well, I had fish and chips with him. So fuck you. Yeah. And then, and then I did Doug Williams, which was just really nice to catch up with yeah. Doug. Hadn't seen him for a while. And um, he really enjoyed it. We, re- You know, it's just fun. Yeah, those evening with things are really, really good. I went to the one Nigel McGuinness did, his magic show. Yeah, yeah. In That's a my- bit more high profile than mine, I think. Mine is, mine's just me having a chat with someone I yeah. like. But, well, this, you know, this was like people he, turn up. Yeah, he just done a little... It was only upstairs in some pub in Manchester. It was like before he, just before he'd signed to AEW. So he was just doing it. And do you know what? It was a really good evening. It was fun. And I love magic. Mm. It's just, it's just mind blowing. Um, Are these evening widths going to be something you're going to be doing regularly? Is it three or four a year? Just for fun. I don't make much money from them, but I do make a little bit. And, um, yeah, I've got Lana lined up in March, 3rd of March, and I've got some interesting names that I'm in conversation with. Some of them are quite big, Ooh. but we'll see. We'll see. And I'm not going to confirm anything because I haven't no. got, these... got them confirmed. I'll tell you I'll, I'll tell you after the show. Yes. Um, are these going to yeah. be ones that you're going to have to be serious for as well, or can you be a bit? They'll make me some money, but I don't think I'm going to need to be as serious as I was with Kendo or or Doug. Being serious is so difficult sometimes. Do you know what? I ended up being really daft with Doug in the end, which I I, I should have predicted, really. Whereas Kendo, it's a different vibe, isn't it? A different time. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Some of his stories, if I got any, would have made me air curl. (laughs) He told the story, for the. it's actually the first time he's ever done it, um, he told the story about how he lost his finger at my my night. Really? Mm. So there you go. You missed out. Exclusive. Everybody that didn't come missed out. Yeah, everyone. No, you don't know how a finger went missing. Yeah, that's an exclusive. And don't tell a story on here. In fact, we'll record a little bit at the end. And if anyone wants to know how that happened, they can PayPal Mark two pound fifty. And he'll and he'll tell you the story. <laughs> Why two pound fifty? Well, you said I don't know. You said the tickets for Lana were a fiver, so we're just half the price. Okay. <laughs> no. I don't, really, that's how that's how I got to that amount. Good, <laughs> good. Um, where were we? Where were we? Um, we've talked about TNT's extravaganza. Have you got any? Sort of managerial slash valet roles coming up? Um, no, unfortunately. 
that ship sailed again. We were hoping to kind of build up a version of the NWO in the UK, the QWO, <laughs> with basically lots of queer people yeah. invading places, but no one's interested. So if you are a wrestling promoter who likes the idea of being invaded by the gays and uh, get in touch. I love it when boomers call gay people the gays. I I, I regularly it, call us the gays, but I'm I allowed just, to. Yeah, I just think it's hilarious. It's interesting, though. I very rarely describe myself as gay anymore. Because yeah. if I tell you I'm gay, that tells you who I fuck. If I tell you I'm queer, that tells you who my community is. And out mm. of the two, what's more important? Exactly. It's who you fuck. Nobody messing. Nah. <laughs> It's it's very it's very much the community that's the most. Well, important. It's important to him at the time. Yeah, hi Alex. Um, <laughs> um, that's that's another thing that the the big gay brunch was good for, is that you sort of seen a lot of people who sort of maybe it, it's sort of bittersweet really because you'd see a lot of people who possibly wouldn't feel comfortable going to a wrestling show. Mm. And then they thought, you know what? It's Effie's Big Gay Brunch. I'm going to be surrounded by a lot of like-minded people. And I'll go. Because there was a lot of people there who I'd never seen at wrestling shows before. I'd like to think that that show helped them feel more comfortable to go to all of the wrestling shows. Yeah. I'd, Subsequently, you know, I'd like I'd like to think that. Um, I try not to be too negative about these sort of things, but it's it's like everything. Unfortunately, not everyone is as welcoming as they should be. Yeah, and those are the people who shouldn't go to wrestling shows. Yeah, I think you're right, and um, there does seem to be some division within mm. wrestling fandom at the moment with regards to certain individuals who uh, I wouldn't be comfortable working with because of their attitudes towards people like me. And, you know, it's a thing and it's unfortunate. And I think we are on the right path. Let's yeah. just put it like that, I think. Yeah. And if anyone has got a problem with people like Mark... You've got a problem with people like me as well, so fuck off. Indeed. Indeed. That was just that um slight. I've never really I've never discussed any of like sort of my sexuality with mm. anyone. This is getting deep. <laughs> right. But it's sort of do include myself in that community. Um, welcome. Everybody's welcome. <laughs> um, but it's you know, it's it's something I've never I understand why people come out and why they put a should we say label? I found a lot of comfort in labels in my twenties. Yeah. And it was because I'd hidden aspects of my personality of who and what I am yeah. until that point. I prefer a blanket term these days because I'm very comfortable with who I am. Yeah. And it depends on where you are on your 
Ugh, queer journey. What's a really <laughs> cliched way of putting it? But you know queer what journey. I mean? It depends yeah. where you are in that particular feeling and comfortableness and openness. Yeah. And that was really brave what you just did, by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I suppose... It's not easy. It's very not. Um, I suppose, obviously, back in... Obviously, when you were growing up, so the nineties, mm. it was, should we say, a lot more difficult than now. Oh yeah, I mean, I came out at twenty three. Uh, I knew I was gay. Yeah, ten years prior to that, but it took me a long time to be comfortable with who I am because of the stigma, the society pressure to be this perfect two point four children vibe. And, you know, get married, have a baby. Do you remember the game of life? That fucking board game where the whole oh, game, where the idea was if you were, a, if you were a, red, a blue peg, you had to get married to a pink peg. And if you were a pink peg, you had to get married to a blue peg. And then you had to fill your car with kids. I mean, fucking hell. Um, oh, God. I, do you know what? I absolutely love board games, right? <laughs> oh. The game no. of life? A game of, game of fucking shite. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, it was like, it was like Monopoly, but like offensive. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Monopoly. Monopoly just teach, teaches people about capitalism, but it's fun. Mm. You, know, you know, Monopoly was was originally designed to take the piss and show people how awful capitalism is, and you can complete Monopoly. You know, there's a tactic that's unbeatable for Monopoly, right? Oh, right. So if you, if we can talk about this now, because funnily enough, me and my friends play Monopoly on the PlayStation every Friday night. So if you want well, to discuss... Maybe not on the PlayStation. It might have been, uh... might not be the case on the PlayStation. But if you've got a Monopoly board... I have got a real life Monopoly board. And you've got the standard board. number of houses and hotels. Yeah. Never buy a hotel. Oh, it works on the uh, the PlayStation because I did it the other week. Yeah, never buy a hotel. If you keep all the houses up to four, yeah, and because you only get a certain amount of houses, don't you? You get a fuck ton of money for four houses, but not quite as much as a hotel. But not only have you stopped anyone else getting a a hotel, you've got yours with the houses on, and other people can't buy the houses because you run out of houses. Yeah, I I accidentally did that. Um, that's a great tactic <laughs> it's 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 almost unbeatable i think yeah never buy a hotel no. never let anyone get anywhere near the hotels i think that's good life yourself. advice in general isn't it <laughs> don't buy yeah. a hotel <laughs> yeah fuck buying a hotel um going back to <laughs> again we've ended up talking about monopoly going back to your are we talking about the management and you wanted to start the qwo Mm. Who would you have in it? Literally anyone who identifies Lit- as queer. <laughs> We're all welcome. And again, like the like the NWO, people came in, people came out, people were there, people weren't there. That that's how we felt that would be the vibe of it. So it'd literally be like the NWO ended up with about yeah seventy people in. Yeah, exactly that. That was that's that, that's that's the vision that yeah. will never happen. Do it. <laughs> just just do it anyway just do That's what the true. nwo did and do it anyway yeah yeah I suppose. The, the inmates will be running the asylum yeah maybe 
maybe. Yeah, wrestling promoters, fear the queers. No, don't. We're lovely. <laughs> there were so many words in that sentence. <laughs> and it just, fear the queers would be a good tag team. Don't. That name. would be. Oh, who would I be think, in fear the queers? Um, Shaman Nay and Adam Bolt. Fear the queers. That Oofed. could be the whole. Or better would be an intergender tag team. So, uh, Megan, Lucia Lee, and Ooh. Priscilla. Yes. Fear the queers. Fear the queers. Actually, no, don't fear Priscilla. Um, <laughs> you know, we we can work. We can workshop this. It'd be fear the queers because they're so big and tough. Badass. Yeah, like Megan. Megan would be great in that. Fuck yeah, yeah, and or Megan and bring Paro over, and we'd have Paro. Megan and Paro fear the queers. Boom, that's your tag team. That would be a terrifying tag team, not because of the queers or in the queer community, because they would beat the shit out of anybody in it. And then somebody booked have... that shit, not me. No, I just. I no. might just start my own wrestling it, company. Who'd just... wrestling promote? Oh, <laughs> I couldn't be asked. It just seems no. like too much hassle. Not for me, that. Is that not something that you ever want to venture into? If I had infinite money, yes. Oh, yeah. If I won the lottery, what I would do is I would go to my favourite friends in all of wrestling and I would say, who is your dream tag team part? Who is your dream opponent? And I'd book it. Yeah. There's only one that I know I'd definitely book because I've already had this conversation with him. But um, Mark's lottery-funded money pit, um, the main event would probably be Clint Margera versus Masato Tanaka. <laughs> I know, right? I would pay a lot of money to see that. In it. But um, until I win the lottery, Clint Margera versus Masato Tanaka is not happening. Uh, is he still is, is he still wrestling? Not Clint. Sato Tanaka's wrestling for Progress this year. Mm. He's wow. on the Progress card. I can't remember which one, but he's on a Progress card later this year. That must have... Oh, wait there. Did I see... I don't know. I see how excited I got that I whispered and then I forgot if everything that I've ever remembered in the last week. <laughs> wow. That's how my... Brain works or doesn't work Good. or doesn't work for that matter. Is there anything else that you've got that you want to mention before we uh, before we wrap up a little bit? Um, I, I guess when I was nominated for um, commentator of the year, um, queer commentator of the year, yes, it was kind of people seem to realize that I do other stuff apart from being a Ring announcer and a and a um commentator, and it, it boggles my mind that I I'm always talking about it, but no one seems to know that I've got a moderately successful Red Dwarf podcast and a moderately successful podcast about Chucky and Child's Play. So if you're into either of those things, um, I... at Red Dwarf Pod on Twitter and at Chucky Vision on Twitter, Chucky yes, Vision. it's a pun, and it's yes, a... I'm a twat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good pun. It is a good pun. Actually, to this do... day, 
fucking 60 episodes in every time I'm delighted with myself. Yeah, there is no... <laughs> it's a great pun, but there's n- I don't think there's such thing as a bad pun. Nah, I love a pun. The, the worse, I, the better. One of my greatest joys in wrestling, actually, is kind of talking to people as the, you know, you, you, get, you come to them as the commentator. What are your signature moves? Have they got any names? And if they haven't got a name, then coming up with... Um, a good name for their um, finisher. I think my proudest moment was um, uh, Keith Myatt uses the Stone Cold Stunner. I renamed it the Stoke Cold Stunner because <laughs> he's from Stoke. See, and do you remember Chardonnay? She used to use a double underhook pile driver. Yes, and 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 I named it the Jeremy Kyle Driver. <laughs> Oh, just the the pun opportunities in it's, wrestling. It's one of the best things. It's why I'm still here after 15 years. I'll be right. I, I honestly think <laughs> puns are some of the best things in life. I love a pun. Oh, I'm going to start. I'm just, do you know what? I'm going to make a new little segment in this podcast and just talk about puns for 20 minutes. Good. Get it punned. Get it punned. That'll be the. The name, there we go. That was fucking easy. Get it punned. I don't know what that's a pun of. It's just got the word pun in there. Um, you Red Dwarf podcast? Yes. Red Dwarf's brilliant. In it? It's why um, we've done over 150 episodes of it. Is it? Because I haven't listened. I am. I do so. I do apologize. I do sorry. I do apologize. Fucking hell. Yeah, listen, you'll enjoy um, it. Trust me. It's I me will do. chatting shit. Um, what sort of... I can't think of the word. Obviously, it's about Red Dwarf, but what sort of sort of um, structure is it? Do you choose an episode to talk about? Yeah, or... so what we do is we run, like, main series. So we'll look at series one. We'll do yeah. six episodes looking at each episode of series one. And then we'll do what we call specials in between where we look at kind of like peripheral stuff like DVD extras or lost episodes or the books or the smegazines. They have become kind of our signature in as much as if I want to do something really fucking obscure, (laughs) I'll find the most tenuous link to Red Dwarf that I possibly can. Yeah. Um, The worst one I ever did was there was in series four of Red Dwarf, there is a episode called uh, Waxworld. And right. in about 10 seconds of footage, they use they're, 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 they're dinosaurs in a, in, a, in a wax world. Yeah. On a wax planet. And they use footage from a Japanese Toho film, Gappa the Trifibian Monster. Right. Like 10 seconds worth of footage <laughs> of these crap dinosaurs. And that also appears very, very briefly in the theme tune of series four. Um, so we looked at Gappa the Triphibian monster because there was 10 seconds of it in one episode of Red Dwarf. No, and why not? If you've, <laughs> if you've got to make the smallest of links to talk about something, then do it. But you know, we've we have done some relevant stuff like the American pilots and things like yeah. that. But we we do like three or four in between each series, and we're currently on series ten. I am gonna 
start listening to it. You've got a lot of episodes, mate. And a lot of dumb shittery. Good. Good. It's the best kind of shittery. It's it's called Ash. It's called Shipwrecked and Comatose at Red Dwarf Pod on Twitter. And I'm assuming they can just search for Shipwrecked and Comatose in the podcast app that you're currently listening to this here right now. But not yet, because we haven't finished. Yeah, not not yet. Don't don't like stop this and go and listen to another one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That'd be bad. To be fair, we're nearly done anyway, so with wrestling, uh, we know what your favourite match is. <laughs> yeah, we do. Which, well, yeah, we do, which is great. What is your... I know this is going to be such a broad question, but I like asking it because I like getting people's opinion. What is your favourite thing about wrestling? My favourite thing about wrestling, I guess, I think there's... I can split this into two, like my yeah. favorite thing as a fan and my favorite thing as a performer. Oh yeah. As a fan, I think it's because I was never big into sport. I really like Speedway and that is something that I share with my dad and my brother, but I've never really felt like the kind of Speedway crowd no, that's not true. I think maybe alongside Speedway, but the, you've, the feeling of kind of like a group together that are into an event, mm. it is different for sport, I think, because without wishing to use terminology that people don't like, sport isn't predetermined. So it yeah. is slightly different. But I think for me, because I'm not massively into sport, the whole experiencing something thrilling as a contest with friends is is really really cool and yeah. fun and yeah that i think that's yeah i think that's what it is but but for me i also in any kind of entertainment i like seeing other humans do things that i'm not capable of yeah. So I'm much more into luchadors than big blokes lumping each other. Not in any way to disrespect that particular style. Yeah. But the spectacular stuff that I simply couldn't ever achieve, whereas, you know, I could punch someone. Uh, I don't know. I, I've, I've always found that entertaining. Yeah. And yeah. So I think that's probably the best aspect of wrestling as a fan for me. Um, as a performer, it is literally, I can't ever see myself not wanting to be involved in wrestling because every mm. time I do something that if I had a bucket list, it would be ticking off a bucket list. Yeah. I'm like, well, what else can top that? What else is new? What else will be a thing that will make me go fucking hell? I love wrestling. And 15 years in, it happens again and again and again. Yeah. And every time I get to the point where I'm like, holy fucking shit, I have lip synced to open a wrestling show <laughs> in Funny Girls, one of the most iconic queer venues in all of Britain. Yeah. And, you know, the the, the, the drag queens that have come through Funny Girls. Mm. And I've 
little me, not even in drag, <laughs> has done a lip sync at Funny Girls. What can possibly top that? Or, you know, holy shit, I was the ring announcer for a Ring of Honor championship match. The, you Every time you work a venue that is iconic, every time you yeah. do the announcements for something with this heritage, every time something lands in your lap... I, just, I went round Kendo Nagasaki's for fish and chips. You know, <laughs> every time you do something that isn't was never on your radar as yeah. a thing that you could achieve through wrestling, something that cool. I'm like, this is why I don't have a bucket list because I don't want to think about what the next cool thing should be. I want it to land in my lap and I want to enjoy it in the moment. And I want to then go, well, that was fucking incredible. How yeah. can I ever not want to be involved in wrestling? What the fuck is next? Because you'd, you'd want it to be more random as well than like, mm. I mean, obviously there's things that you want to do. And that's honestly and that's at this point, not really. Really? I just want to be good at what I do. I want people to enjoy my work. I want to see my friends at wrestling shows. I want to feel the thrill of doing the job that I love. And, you know, I'm never going to commentate on WrestleMania. So why would I put that on a bucket list? Yeah. But don't sell yourself just... short, Mark. <laughs> mm. You never know. Bang. Well, you never you know. know. I've said fucking cunt on this podcast. I'm never going to work for the WWE. Uh, some of the people they employ. You never I've know. also said fuck Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Fuck Vince McMahon. Yeah, fuck Vince McMahon. But, but you know what I mean? The, I yeah. don't like bucket lists because bucket lists set you up for disappointment. But I've never needed one because again and again, something happens and I'm just like, fuck yeah. Yeah. That Wrestling's cool. great. Yeah, I I think that's a better outlook than having a bucket list as well. Like you say, set you up for disappointments because if you have a bucket list and you get old and you look at your bucket list and you've crossed three things off, you're like, oh, shit. Mm. And plus, no one's ever put an having fish and chips with Kendo Nagasaki on a bucket list, are they, really? That's the point. Like, that's the point, isn't it? Every, is... every bucket list always, to me, it's always like, do a skydive. Swim and stop trying to predict and... what will make you happy. Exactly. Did fish go. and chips with Kendo Nagasaki make you happy? Yes, it fucking did. Is that in the top 10 happiest moments of your life? <laughs> I've got to be careful, are you? I know, yeah. um, trying to think of nine, nine or 10 things that I definitely should say are happier than that. Um, uh, top 20 no, then. It's probably top 20. Yeah, yeah. It's be, <laughs> it probably it's is. Be. <laughs> I it's hope it's alpacas the morning after. Sorry, what? Yeah, I walked. He's got alpacas, so I walked his alpacas. Uh, I've got <laughs> speechless. Literally, just didn't expect the fish and chips was one thing. Walking Kendo Nagasaki's alpacas is just. How many is he got? In it, he's only got two. He's got two o- only. Oh. He's got two alpacas. Two more than me. <laughs> and I, th- I think. This um, you mentioned Speedway. Um, I did. I think that's the first mention of Speedway that we've ever had. I used to go quite a lot with my dad back in the nineties. Yeah, so did um, I. It was 
Bellevue. Aces. Yeah, Bellevue is still going. The Bellevue it Aces is, are still going. It um, was the closest one. Um, yeah. The I, National Speedway Stadium is in Bellevue now. Really? Because mm, I they're not they had... down... So they 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 used to wrestle. They used to wrestle. They used to <laughs> ride at the dog track. Yeah. And the dog track is still there, but they actually built the National Speedway Stadium next door to the dog ah, track. It's it's been a long time since I've gone and a mm. long time since I've watched any, but growing up in the nineties, it's it, it's like Formula One with me. I don't know anything about it now. Mm. But I can name your speedway riders from the nineties and early two thousands. Interesting. So you're a Jason Crump fan. I was literally just gonna say Jason Crump is the one that comes to mind because there we go. It was just he's a punter now. Really? Mm. What was the what was the American guy's name? Sam Malenko? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he See? was my favourite as a kid. It's it's just it, it brings the memories back of like you're going and like I'd purposely stand on one of the corners. Oh, that's the best place. So I either that or at the tapes. Yeah. So I get to like, uh, for people who don't watch Speedway, the tapes is the starting gate. Yeah. And for people who don't know what a corner is, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who else is massively into um Speedway on the wrestling scene? Who? Trent Seven and Big Dave Mastiff. Both you know massively what? into Speedway. Do you know what? I can fully, fully understand. <laughs> with the with the areas the from um Trent's from Wolverhampton, isn't he as well? They're both from the Black Country, yeah. Uh, that's it's very, very big down. Do you know where it is, Mad? In Eastern Europe. Oh yeah, yeah. Poland. Uh Speedway is more popular than football. And they lit they have like what's in football they have ultras, which is like the people who like basically dedicate their lives to a football club and they the ones that end up as gold on a um on a sticker album. Yeah. Right, gotcha. And with the fans as well, um they have like they take flares and shit to speedway meets. Mm. And it's it's just wild. Oh yeah, yeah. And I remember watching the the speedway on ice when I was younger. At Telford? Um I didn't go. I just remember seeing it, it was on Eurosport. Oh, uh, okay. And I just remember like I remember thinking, Oh my god, motorbikes on ice, this is gonna be brilliant. And I watched it and I was like, they're going really slow. Cause they're on ice. That's because they're on fucking ice, yeah. I know. And I'm like with spiky wheels. Yeah. And I was just like, it sounds like it'd be something that'd be really, really cool. But when you're watching it, it's like, mm, they're, they're not going as fast because they're on ice, obviously, and it's dangerous. But, you know, yeah. go faster. Go faster on ice. I'd rather you than me. Nah. I don't know how to, I don't know how to ride a bike. <laughs> a, a motorbike. And I know how to ride like a push bike, just not a motorbike. They do cycle speedway. My dad used to do cycle speedway as a kid. Is that the lit? Is that on like BMXs or is it on like the stuff yeah, in the velodrome? Speedway on push bikes. Really? Because mm. I know you've got the stuff in the velodrome where they go around dead fast. It's not. Quite, it's not the same though. It's. Is it on like mountain bikes? Yeah, yeah. Cycle speedway. It's like speedway, but with bikes That's... <laughs> rather than motorbikes. That's like so random, but quite cool. Mm. I never thought. I'd end an episode of this podcast talking about Speedway. <laughs> you never had a weirdo like me on before. <laughs> oh, we've had plenty of weirdos on. We've got a, we've got weirdos in host. Um, 
do you know what? I'm gonna end it on the um on the speedway. Why do not? you do you wanna let people know where they can find you online? If if you want people to find you online, that is people uh, I have a Facebook page, Mark Adams Wrestling Ring Announcer, which I hardly ever update. <laughs> I have a Twitter which I update with lots of stuff. A lot of it is wrestling, but a lot of it is other work that I do and things like that. That's at Mark Adams HC. And I have an Instagram also at Mark Adams HC, but I don't post any wrestling stuff there. And I get really cross when people post wrestling stuff there because that's supposed to be a marketing tool for my job as a humanist celebrant. Uh, Employ so- me. I'm dead good. Getting married. I'm dead good. Got a baby. I'm dead good. And I, I, I don't want anyone's relatives to die, but you know, <laughs> I'm also dead good at funeral shit ever. Gonna die. Dead good. Yeah. Oh dear. Didn't phrase that well, did I? But I, I think the ceremonies I, very well. I think it was phrased incredibly, to be fair. Gonna die. Yes, I'm glad. Dead good. Yeah. That should there be a tagline for funerals. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that's not going to be what Mark does for his tagline for funerals. No. Um, thank you very much, Mark. This has been absolutely lovely. I've had a nice time. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. I'm going to end recording. Goodbye.